Welcome to the Urban Wine Club podcast. Pour a glass, sit back, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Urban Wine Club podcast. On today's episode, we have with us female entrepreneur Effie Panagopoulos. Effie is the founder of Cleos Mastica, a wonderful Greek spirit with unique flavors and even some healthy attributes to boot. So grab a glass and join us while we get to know Effie. Hey Effie, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you and actually an honor. Uh, we always pride ourselves on bringing on cool and interesting guests and I have to say that you are by far one of the most interesting guests that we've had on our show. That's Welcome. a euphemism. <laughs> you know, and, uh, Interesting. And for those that are listening, um, uh, Effie Panagopoulos from Cleos. Um, um, we've also had some history together, but I just want to you know, turn it over to Effie and, and welcome you and, and uh, thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Well, we both went to Boston College and Boston Latin too, no? Did you go to Latin school? I didn't. I missed the uh, I missed the boat on Latin, but Boston College, yes. But we fellow kind of, Eagles. Yes, um, it's been a while though. I think I gotta say, not to kind of like um, date you, date me, but uh, <laughs> yes, it's been a while. But yes, it's been that far back that we've actually had some interaction together. Um, but since then, a lot of cool things have happened since Boston College. Do you guys remember first meeting or? Um, I think we've always been around the church. same. Yeah, you know, as, as church. obviously coincidentally, you know, we're both Greek Greek Americans. We both grew up in the same. Ayos Nectarios. Right? Rosendale. Mm-hmm. Um, we've obviously been around the same networks through maybe Goya. Yep. Uh, maybe church events, festivals. Okay, so you have a long personal history Greek together. Right, um, yeah. What about uh, industry specific? Did you get, <clears throat> when did you guys start? Well, I'll let. You know, Effie kind of take over and tell us, you know, where you started. Well, I mean, at BC, I majored in French and I studied Spanish and Italian. And then I ended up my senior year at BC getting certified as a personal trainer, much to the dismay of my Greek parents. Because I had been (laughs) on academic scholarship at BC and I had lofty aspirations of being a UN ambassador. Um, And... So, yeah, working at a gym wasn't exactly, like, fulfilling my parents' <laughs> dreams. Um, I ended up teaching high school Spanish at Dedham High. Okay. And working for Univision, which is the Spanish TV network, in the Boston affiliate office. And I was oh, translating. Cool. Yeah, I was translating commercials and copywriting. So I, like, wrote commercials in Spanish. So you're fluent in Spanish, right? Quasi-fluent. Quasi-fluent. I'm pretty good. You want to do this in Spanish? Podemos hablar en español también si quieren. For our Spanish listeners. Um, so I can do my whole Cleo spiel in Spanish, actually. Nice. It definitely, definitely helps me with sales, that's for sure. Um, but long story short, like I really hated 9 to 5. And I ended up doing a lot of liquor tastings and promotions in my early 20s. And then I also bartended at Marianne's when I was at BC, which was my first kind of bartending gig. I bartended at Rogie's, like a couple of these diving BC bars. Um, And my, I mean, you know, it's funny they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. My father was a GM of a fine dining restaurant called Franco's in Norwood. So my dad was hospitality and my mother was the nerd in the family. So I'm kind of like 50-50. But... I just love doing all the like liquor events. Uh, just 
in my head it was like this is so easy and it's like yeah, yeah. natural I'm a social person you know in high school I wasn't allowed to do anything so <laughs> after college it was like running amok in the city of Boston nightclub promoting and doing all these uh, liquor tastings and events I did it for every brand under the sun Stoli, Kahlua, Midori, Cavassier, Maker's Mark, Grey Goose wow. when they first launched um, I was a Jaegerette so I you know this was kind of like my nighttime gigs and I was getting you know $25, $30 an hour which Back then. 20 years ago <laughs> which was good side cash Absolutely. compared to my $30,000 a year teacher salary <laughs> so um, yeah I kept I was like I want to get a job in this industry you know and I kept sending resumes over and over again it wasn't until I was living in San Diego that I finally got three, four job offers all at once. Um, and two of them were in San Francisco. One was with Bacardi and one would have been with Brown Foreman. And I took the Bacardi job because I liked the brands better. So that was kind of yeah. like my first official market manager job oh, wow. in um, the industry. And I joke, I moved to San Francisco, which is a you know kind of premier dining and cocktail and yeah. wine city in the U.S., mm -hmm. right? And I, I moved there at 26, drinking Stoli Vanilla and Diet Coke. <laughs> you know, that was my drink. Um, that was a thing back then. Yeah. Totally. And I remember going to my first account call, and I went into this bar. It's called the Starlight Room. It was a, a rooftop hotel bar. Very swanky, very old school. And the first guy that I did a sales call with, and he was Marco Dionysus. Not Greek, oddly enough, right? Dionysus. Right? Dionysus. Wow. What a stage name for a bartender. And he's like world-class mixologist. Love this guy. But I remember having to sell in a Bombay Sapphire program, and he quizzed me on what botanicals were in Bombay Sapphire that weren't in Bombay Original, and I missed <laughs> one. And he then asked me kind of like, you know, well, what do I drink? And I'm like, listen, brutally honest, I literally just picked up a Boston bartending book and I stole Tony Abugano's menu from the Bellagio and that's about all I know about cocktails. Oh, you know, I was like, I drink Stoli Vanilla and Diet Coke. Um, and he goes, oh, that's called a supermodel. And I just remember at the time thinking like, wow, this guy could have totally just made fun of me or been condescending to me for yeah. my unsophisticated drink choice. But he... Gave a name to the cocktail that made it sound like I was actually having something <laughs> legitimate. And then kind of took me through a bunch of classic gin cocktails. A French 75. I remember a Bramble, which is like, even still today, one of my top 10 cocktails. Really? Is, is a Bramble. I love this drink. Can you tell us real quickly what a Bramble is? Yeah, it's a classic gin cocktail created by this guy, Dick Bradsell, who was a bartender from the 80s in London, who also created the Espresso Martini. Okay. Hmm. Um, and it's gin... Creme de Mure, which is a blackberry liqueur, yeah. lemon juice, um, and that's it, actually. Wow. Uh, Sounds pretty flavorful. It's yeah. And it's a crushed ice cocktail, and I think this is why this is still one of my favorites, because it's like an adult slushy. <laughs> um, if you go on the Cleos website, too, you'll see a lot of the drinks that I have for Cleos are crushed ice right. cocktails, because it's like... It's an adult snow cone, you know? Nice. Um, well, you mentioned Cleos. We're going to get into that, obviously. But uh, was what was there like a, a big span before Cleos came about? Or yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a nine-year 
Sisyphean journey to get this brand off the ground. It's a long story. I don't know if we have enough time for the Give us the, the uh, beginning part and then we'll give us the cliff the notes of how you got from there so, to where you are. So I'm in San Francisco. I'm working on McCarty and I get connected to Remy and they were hiring a brand ambassador for Metaxa. So this is when I maybe for the first time was viewed in a positive sense by my parents for working in the <laughs> liquor industry. I remember telling my dad, like, I was interviewing, he's like, oh, Eftimia, you have to get that job, you know? <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and so, and that was like, pff, took me six months to get that job. Yeah. Many, many interviews. Oh, wow. Yeah, many, many interviews with Greece, with Remy corporate in the U.S., with Remy in Paris. Um, I was the first and only ever brand ambassador for Metaxa in the United States. The cool. only other person was Spiros Metaxas that had come, been coming over in the 80s from the family. From the family. So, um, and they've ne- they have not hired anyone ever since. Um, sad. Very sad. So you, you, can, but, you claim the title to have, so you'll be the only <laughs> ambassador, right? And that was, yeah, and that was the job that brought me back to Greece after, like, I pretty much, 16 years old had been my last trip to Greece. And then fast forward, now I'm 26, 27, I get this job with Tox and I go back to Greece after not having gone for 10 years. And I saw a TGI Fridays and I was like, what the hell has <laughs> happened Fridays to our country? TGI Fridays is so popular in Yeah, Greece. I know, I know. But I literally was like, what the hell has <laughs> happened to our country? This is like not Greece anymore, you know? Um... But that job brought me back to Greece. I'm in Mykonos, summer 2008, and everyone's doing shots of Mastika at this beach bar, Namos, mm-hmm. which you guys probably know. Definitely. And that was kind of my eureka moment. I remember I was with a friend of mine named Izzy Kutiel. He's a, you might know him already. He's a music producer in Greece. And um, I, looked, I looked at him and I was like, I've done a sato ipovrigio. Like that we had when we were kids. You know, yeah. It's like that's exactly what it is. I'm like they make alcohol from that stuff because I didn't even know that mastica was this superfood that's a resin from a tree that comes from one island. I just knew vanilla. I knew ipovrigio. I knew that flavor. So I had this really kind of strong memory that was evoked when I first tasted mastica and it was literally like I'm in the Jorge in Tripoli with my yaya having like the little spoon dessert and for the people who wouldn't know or haven't tried it yet like how would you describe that so how would I describe ipovrigio or mastica liqueur I'm on both yeah so all right ipovrigio is kind of for Americans it's kind of like fluff it looks like fluff. You swirl it around in water and suck on it like a lollipop. The taste is really confectionery. Um, it's very candy-like. Um, so the liqueur is not as much so. But most of them in Greece are pretty sweet. Cleos mm-hmm. is not. Um, but as far as mastica goes, the smell I always describe as something akin to eucalyptus or sage. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's piney. You know, it's tree-like comes from a tree um and the taste most common tasting notes for cleos are going to be cucumber sweet tea gin people say quite often cocktail bartenders say carrots all the time which 
initially I was kind of like, I don't know where these people are getting carrots. <laughs> and then more and more I'm like, okay, it makes sense. Because then I, then I started to get a lot of root vegetables. People would say turnips, parsnips. And I'm talking, these are more of the geeky palates that would say things like this. Um, but literally last week I'm doing a tasting in Whole Foods and there was a woman who, you know, she was not a sommelier and she literally was like, oh my God, this tastes like carrot juice. And I'm like, D there it goes again. People say <laughs> it all the time. Yeah, so if you think about it, right? Because it's, it's minerally, it's kind of sweet, it's kind of herbaceous. Yes, all that So kind of you think of, you know, carrots are kind of that, right? They come from the earth, root vegetable. Yeah. You know, little sweet, right? Oh, that makes me want to try some. So, um, <laughs> well, we, I got a full bottle we can crap, crack open right now. <laughs> it's almost five. Happy hour. Mm. Every hour is happy. And there's your tagline. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so going back to what you're saying, as far as you know, that pivotal moment. You're in Mykonos. You're, you know, just having a great time, and you're just observing people having shots of mastica, and you're saying to yourself. Why the hell isn't this on? in the United States is what I'm saying to myself well, because you... here I am working on Uzo, which, you know, most people do not like. Most mm. Americans do not like. Right. And then Metaxa, which I love Metaxa. I will always love Metaxa. But it was a hard sell, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, well, I, you know, I ended up doing, I had to do a shop program for Metaxa, meaning this was like Paris wanted me to create some kind of big idea to get people drinking shots of metaxa. And I ended up finding this ritual. It was out of a bar in Colorado where people would drink metaxa five star, chase it with an orange that's half dipped in sugar, half dipped in coffee grounds. And I know it sounds kind of nasty, but it actually tastes really good. Okay. And I'm so try I'm trying to sell in this program in Astoria. And like I had these, I had these you know, like younger Greek bars and like, bro. The last time I had Metaxa was at my, like, cousin's funeral. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I literally was, you yeah. know, I'm telling Greece, I'm telling Paris, um, Houston, we have a problem here. Like, yeah. your brand is associated with people dying. Like, this is <laughs> going to be really hard for me to, like, make it cool again right. in the Greek community, at least, you know? So I actually ended up kind of saying, look, we need to focus on Metaxa as a mixology brand and look at American bartenders that are doing really cool drinks because I don't think this is a battle I can win with the Greek community. I you agree. know what I, I mean? I can see why. Yeah. So, um, so this, is all, this is all my background. Right. And then I'm in Greece and I'm kind of like, wait a minute, this stuff tastes awesome and nobody knows about it. You know, right. like, I want to bring this stuff to the U.S., so that was kind of the whole genesis of uh, Cleos. I ended up getting introduced to the guy who owns Skinos, which is the biggest Mastika brand in Greece. I consulted for him for about eight months. I helped him come over to the U.S., find importation, distribution, all that. And um, it didn't work out financially for us to work together. And so we kind of parted ways. And I was still so in love with Mastika that I was like, I, I just honestly felt like it was my fate and my destiny to bring this to the U.S. and to be the one to make it happen. I mean, besides the fact that it's a Greek product that has all this authenticity and all this history and it tastes so delicious and it's phenomenal as a cocktail ingredient, 
It also is made from a superfood. And I'm a complete fitness junkie. Anyone that follows me on Instagram or Facebook knows this. Right. Um, and so, you know, there's a category of liqueurs called digestives, right? Mm-hmm. And the difference between Cleos and other digestives is that Mastica actually has over hundreds of modern published medical studies that prove that it kills H. pylori, which is the bacteria that causes peptic ulcers and acid reflux. Oh, wow. And the healing properties are retained in liquor form for the digestive system. So you drink about two ounces of Cleos, like you will burp up a little bit. And I say this to people sometimes, they're like, uh... Do you really think you should be saying that? Is that really a selling point? And I'm like, um, I think so. yeah, like everyone today is obsessed with, you know, gut health and probiotics and this and that. And it's kind of like we've got this thing. It's a natural remedy for Crohn's disease, irritable bowel syndrome, lowers insulin levels for diabetics. It's like a cure-all, do-all, so, you know? So not, not only is this enjoyable and, and, and delicious, but it's also... You, you get the residual health benefits. And I'm not saying that drinking alcohol is good for your health in the same way that you no, can drink red good. wine right. and have antioxidants, yeah. meaning there there is a residual health benefit, right? I'm not going to... Within moderation. Exactly. I'm not going to push alcohol as a health product. Brutally honest, my father was an alcoholic and passed away from alcoholism, so it's the last thing that I would do. But if you're going to imbibe, it is a great choice if you are concerned with health and wellness and also like i've been doing tastings now obviously it's a holiday season i keep telling people this is the best thing you can drink with those heavy holiday meals you know it literally removes all the gas from the stomach and aids in digestion like why wouldn't you that's really cool it is so i mean i think that for probably the majority of our listening audience um mastica is something that probably is unknown to most of our listeners and i think it may be very basic breakdown of what it is, I think would help them understand what it is that mastica is. Okay, so mastica is a resin or, or a sap from a tree that is indigenous to the Greek island of Hios. This tree is called the Skinos tree. It literally grows only in 24 villages in the southern part of the island of Hios. Wow. So it's what you call a PDO. It's a protected designation of origin ingredient. Literally in the entire planet only comes so you from the southern that, part you of the You can't take roots of that tree and grow it somewhere else. So, first of all, the tree is replanted from a branch, okay. not from any seed or root. Um, second of all, they have tried to plant the trees in the northern part of the island and the trees grow, but they don't produce the same aromatic sap. Interesting. That also has all these healing properties. Like, Turkey has been trying to do it for years. Nothing. No. So well, I wonder what it is about that specific area so so there's like the scientific reasons and then there's the folklore reasons i think the fun yeah i think the folklore reason is a bit more cool so there's a story about um ayos isidoros saint isidore who was the patron saint of hios and he was a christian in non-christian times and converted two working girls to christianity and so you know had the religious uh you know folk in power up in arrears over this and so they killed him they punished and they basically took his body dragged him around with a horse chariot and kind of beat him bloody and left his body on the side of a road in a field of mastica trees wow and so they the story goes that the mastica trees cried in sympathy for the dying saint and the saint looked up at the trees and said may your tears be a medicine for the world. Wow. 
which is why they say that mastika has all these healing properties and that that particular part of Hios is like blessed by the saint um and honestly like if you've ever been to Hios, you you feel it you feel the energy the first time i went down there I'm never going to forget, and it was at nighttime, and I ended up in this little chorio called Nenita, which is one of the 24 Mastico Choria. I was started crying uncontrollably, and it came out of nowhere. It happens to me, too, when I go to, like, the ancient sites in Greece, when I'm in the Acropolis or anything. I always get really? very moved because yeah. I feel like you can feel that, like, real spiritual energy, you know? Yeah. And the scientific reasons, you're kind of like, okay, terroir, the the fact that the villages are the, their position on the island they're shielded by uh, wind like where they are in relation to mountains and so wind can ruin a harvest rain can ruin a harvest and it's very dry there and like pretty hot in the summertime when the harvest happens um, and then they also say uh, eugenics so again a Greek word mm-hmm. you you meaning good and Genetics meaning genetics. So the ancient Heans over time were always picking the best trees to recultivate and propagate. So they almost created kind of like a super uh, species of, of these trees because they were constantly replanting mm. the best trees that were giving them the most mastica. Um, and then they say the systematic cultivation over time. So this is something that literally really only the Hyotas have this know-how and what else is I think so beautiful and why I so fell in love with Mastika is it literally has been passed down from family to family generation to generation like no big company has come in to buy up a bunch of trees it's a self-governing collaborative called the Hyos Mastika Growers Association the association has been in existence since the 50s I mean, and as as, as, as Greeks, we should be proud that there's a collaborative that has existed Mm -hmm. since the 1950s. Exactly, exactly, because we Greeks are probably the worst in terms of (laughs) getting along together, right? So, like each Kodio has their own president in the NOC, and they're wonderful. They're wonderful people, man. It really is a magical, magical thing. And I, I kind of was like, wait a minute. You know, everyone in the states is obsessed with tequila and agave, and now all these bartenders are going to distilleries and. Oaxaca and in Jalisco and you know cutting agaves and penis and I'm like whoa we got this thing in Greece that's been going on for 3,000 years and nobody knows about it and I want to share this with the world you You know and how hard is it for you I mean you're Greek but you're American and you went over there and you want to take this product which only grows in this one little area and put it in a product that you you created and bring it over isn't that like a difficult thing to do it it was very (laughs) it was very difficult that's why it took me nine years to get it off the ground um that's dedication more so more so because i had trouble uh, you know as kind of a woman raising money Mm -hmm. um so you are you're a woman and you've done you're like what is the background you you were telling me earlier She's like the only woman that... You're the first Greek woman to start a spirit brand out of Greece. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. When I was kind of doing the diligence on that fact, um, 
There are a number of wines in Greece that are, you know, female producers, sure. but even on the wine side, it's all family. From, from yeah, hands it's all down. from the so yes, legit, it's all family. So Effie's the, the first. There's no brands that have been self-started by any female in in Greece, you know. And That's huge. Listen, I'm proud of that. Not for bragging rights, but more so because we're like 50 years behind in Greece, you know, in terms of feminism, the women's movement, and the economy's in the toilet. And, you know, I have I have a little cousin, and I remember her before she was going to college, like, oh, I want to be a businesswoman like you. And I'm like, do it! <laughs> <laughs> right. Be a business major. Because she was on the fence of, should she go teacher or business? And I said... Don't do the safe thing, you know? And of course she ended up studying education because there is this there is this fear and there is this general kind of role that women play in Greece. And you know, the the role models in Greece are people like Eleni Menevaki, who's a TV presenter, right. or whatever actress, or whatever singer, like Anna Visi. And I'm not taking away anything from any of these women, like they're powerhouses, but there are not role models and mentors that are female entrepreneurs, you know, in, in Greece. So I hope I can inspire other women to kind of make the jump, you know, and then Greeks overall as well. I feel like there has been a kind of low morale due to the crisis mm -hmm. that's kind of really that. damaged the youth in the country and the whole brain drain yeah. and a lack of belief in our own country. Mm -hmm. And for me, Cleos is represents so many things and it also represents kind of like a lost Greek pride. The word Cleos is an ancient Greek word. It means fame or glory attained through good deeds and hard work. So the hashtag I use is earn your Cleos and in kind of an allegorical way I'm trying to earn Greece its Cleos back when it mm. comes to the world of spirits because what we are known for is Uzo and Retsina and <laughs> maybe Metaxa and you know we are nowhere on a back bar go into any bar in Boston you'll see Cleos now but there's nothing else that's Greek, I, you know? I so agree now that you mentioned that. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, I feel so, like I'm trying to earn Greece its place back on the bar and in, in a global fashion, good right? For you. Well, I got to so. say, I mean, uh, being in the industry and seeing, you know, what's out there in the Greek world of spirits and beverages, I don't think there's anyone out there doing what you're doing. And I have to say, like, I commend you for that because... Listening to you and understanding that, you know, being a part of it as well myself, like the, the, the inner works or the behind the scenes is, is intense and it's a lot of sacrifice, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of risk, you know, commitments and so forth that, you know, when you're actually pouring that finished product into your glass and you're sipping on it and enjoying it, you know, just be aware that, you know, that enjoyment comes from a lot of like hard work, sweat and dedication. Um, and then... So, Effie, moving forward, I mean, you said it took nine years, you know, to put this baby, as we can refer to as your baby, mm -hmm. right? You know, put this actually on the ground, and now it's actually in the U.S. market, and you're taking it city by city, and you've done, a, in my opinion, a great job in the local market of Boston, but beyond Boston, you're also in other markets. Yeah, I'm in New York, and that's where I, I just moved back to New York. Um, I, I launched Boston first. For a few reasons. Number one, to kind of like get the hometown love. 
<laughs> which actually I forgot how cold and rough Bostonians can be in general um, because I came back as a nobody, you know? I was like Queen Bee in my early 20s and I come back 20 years later and, you know, nobody knows me. So um, I may as well have been moving to a completely new, right. new city and state because I pretty much was just cold calling, knocking on doors, you know? trying to get all the hipster mixologists to, to talk to me and give me an appointment. Um, but I also, you know, as entrepreneurs do, I had to, like, put all my stuff in storage in Miami, and I crashed with my mom <laughs> last year, which was, you know, psychologically <laughs> challenging, for well, sure. Part of the experience. Um, you know? I remember getting the press in vogue and my mother just being like, Translate that for non-Greeks. For the American listeners, my mother was like, yeah, okay, you can't, you still can't even make your bed, you know, so... Um, classic Greek mom. Totally, totally. The, the Greek... T- Let me tell you, if there's anything that prepares you for entrepreneurship, it is Greek tough love. Oh, you yeah. know? Oh, if you can get through tough Greek parents, you can get through anything. anything. That's all. So, <laughs> so that was that was part of uh, you know the the gen the entrepreneurial spirit. I think with the with the Greek community, it's like in our blood, right? We're independent people. We hate authority. We don't pay taxes. Um, you know, sure. so so it's kind of like this thing, right? But when you look at the 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 Greek community, supposedly statistically, we are the most successful immigrant community in the United States. That's what I've heard before. It's some different and, and we're uh, number one in education. Yeah, by degree. Yeah, we hold the most degrees by yes. degree. the most educated uh, ethnicity. I sometimes I wonder about that. I don't, because have you ever heard any single Greek ever not be pushing school like crazy? It, yeah. it, it's true. I feel like even if even if you are from the village, it's like ed- there's such a premium placed on education in the Greek community. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, we've got that natural entrepreneurial spirit, and then you know, in in my case, my dad loved telling the story of coming over with twenty dollars in his pocket. Yeah. You know, back Classic. in they all back had in twenty dollars in their pocket. Back in the it, it snowed a lot. Right. In Greece. When they were little. Right. Because <laughs> they used to walk right. barefoot. Yes, yes, yes. All yeah, of that. And they had to walk 10 miles to go to school. All of that. And meanwhile, when I went to the village, the school was down the street. Right. <laughs> uphill, uphill both ways. Oh, but anyways, man. But, but, well, look, I did not grow up privileged by any stretch of the imagination, okay? And my, uh, my parents let us know that, you mm-hmm. know? And it was... And my parents had an arranged marriage, so there was, like, friction in the household as well. And I just always remember thinking as a kid, like, I am not going to have kids and let them feel this, you know, that like, oh, you can't go on the ski trip or you can't do this and you can't do that, yeah. you know. So um, a big part of my drive was also kind of like, well, they came over here to have a better life and I'm going to have an even better life than them, you know. Um, Good for you. And I mean, I just think. I definitely think it comes with the being kind of a first generation Greek American. I mean, look, I'm sitting in the room with you two. Like you're both perfect examples of that. We are, I you think. know. <laughs> um, but no, so both work for yourselves too. Yeah, yeah. you know the the whole working. It's not for a coincidence. Is, yeah, maybe it's like you know it's um, maybe we you know we look at it as a as a cool thing to work for yourself, but it doesn't always you know is the best thing because you have so many things that are on your shoulders, you have all this pressure. But like you said, 
you know, that's your entrepreneurial right you know spirit, even though you constantly you have, have your ups and downs yeah I mean I think you know we're blessed that we're in this position I guess we can say so if, if if uh if any of these listeners are, are out and about in Boston are there any like uh good spots for them to try this out yeah especially right now because I'm doing a charity initiative um it's called the earn your Cleos initiative for the holiday season so we've got about 12 bars that signed up and they are committing a dollar from every cocktail to the Phoenix House, which is a woman's shelter. So, is all this listed on your website? No, not not the not the initiative, but we're talking about it on Instagram. Okay. Um, but can you give uh, can you give out your website and yeah, uh, your Instagram handle? Yep, it's drinkcleos.com, and that's two Ks, and then it's at drinkcleos on Instagram. Um, but some of the bars participating are um, Back Bar in Somerville. Oh, yeah. Um, Daddy Jones, also yeah. in Somerville. Another female Greek entrepreneur. Yeah. Dimitra. Um, Sorolina in Back Bay, kind of more high-end Italian restaurant. Aria in the North End. Mm-hmm. Um, Our good friend Massimo, uh, shout out to him. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Well, he's married to a Greek girl, so I think he brought, he, brought, he brought Cleos in, <laughs> in for that reason. There you go. Um, why am I blanking on the accounts right now? A4Cade as well, oh, yeah. which is really cool, like Arcade Bar, Blossom Bar in Brookline, which is fabulous, fabulous cocktail bar. Um, I can't so you're in a lot I can't, of cool spots. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I have Cleos in a lot of really, really and good bars and restaurants. If you're in Massachusetts, you could get it delivered. You can order, right? You can get it on GreekWinesDelivered.com. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Foti. Um, and he ships all over the state, flat rate shipping. You can even order six bottles and pay the same shipping. Correct. Um, yeah. And then I have it in all the Cappies, all the Blanchards. Um, oh, okay, so they have... Ball Square Liquors in Somerville, Needham Center Fine Wine. This is a good amount of off, off-premise uh, liquor stores. So and that's all also on my website. There's a where to buy link on the Clio's website. You can perfect. see all the stores there. So it's pretty accessible, which is which is key because, you know, unfortunately with a lot of products coming from Greece, especially in the liquor side of it, you know, a lot of brands that are great and a lot of products that are great aren't as accessible, but Clio's is. Yeah. You know, we've, you know all these different retail Outlets, uh, cocktail bars, restaurants, and now even ordering it directly online makes Cleos, uh, you know, easy for you to get uh, it to your, your home or actually even you can even ship it as a gift, right? And it yep. makes a really great gift because it's in a super cool bottle with a super cool cap on Definitely. it. Definitely. You'll see a lot of images on our, so- on our yeah, social we'll media post. and we'll post that as well. So um, um, before we wrap up. Oh, did you want to say? No, I was just saying the bottle looks kind of like a Greek column. That yeah, was, that was the inspiration. It's really, it. really cool. It's 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 like worth having just just for the bottle. It's a beautiful, <laughs> it's a beautiful showpiece for the home bar. And what's interesting is the logo, the eye, the evil eye. Yeah. Well, the reason yeah. I, I really like the evil eye as a logo because not only is it very Greek, but it's very multicultural. You know, in Italy they call it malocchio. In uh, Mexico they call it malojo. And it's very, you know, predominant as well in Israel, Lebanon, Turkey. Oh, wow. So it's just something that's very multicultural. And the evil eye is trending so much in fashion right now and yeah. jewelry and clothing that I really, again, like my goal to create a global brand, I, I like that a lot as an icon 
for the brand. And at the end of the day, the evil eye protects you from negative energy, right? So <laughs> it's good luck nice. to have it in your house. It's a good idea. So, um, so you said global brand. Is that the future of Cleos? Is that what that, you're that working is, towards? That is the goal. I'm, I'm in it to win it. I gave up my baby making years to do this thing. So <laughs> absolutely. Yep. That is awesome. Hope five years from now we can do another podcast when I'm chilling on a yacht well, in Mykonos. Hopefully we don't have to wait five years for the next, uh, you know, the next segment with you. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, the, the story itself is, I mean, that, that sells itself. It's like the more I hear about it. Um, the more the reason more, you want it. Yeah, and the more I know about what's going on in the world, it's like, yeah, this is like something that people Sustain- will really want. Sustainable, fair exactly. trade, organic. Yes. Uh, people always ask, well, if it's you know in such limited supply, how the hell are you going to make a global brand? I've vetted the formula to a certain amount of cases. I'm not going to say how, lo- uh, how mm-hmm. many. Yep. Um, but I have no issue continuing with this formula to achieve the business plan that I want. Um, the Good thing point. about mastica is a little goes a long way. Yeah. And I use both the mastica resin and mastica essential oil to make Cleos, which virtually no other brands do in Greece. So I actually use a good amount of mastica to make Cleos. Um, but like I said, a little goes a long way. And the majority of brands, now one thing to really look out for is the stamp from the Growers Association. No. When I started this project, there were about 10 brands of mastique on the market. There's now over 50. And buyer beware, because there's a lot of artificial mastica running rampant on the market. And if there is not a stamp from the Chios Mastica Growers Association, yeah, which is um, you, can, you cannot be sure that you're getting real, what's called PDO Chios Mastica. All right, so keep that in mind. Look yeah, for that's the stamp. good to know. Absolutely. That's interesting. Yeah. So these, these bottles, in, in one way or another, in the future may be like worth a lot of money too. We'll see. We'll see. Mm. Supply the, and demand, right? Exactly. Of youth right here. So go out and get all your bottles right now before they, they, they go up in price. But it's, it's such a cool idea. It's such a cool bottle and it's such a cool story. I, yeah. I, I thought I knew the story. Well, another but, thing I should probably throw in is not only am I the first Greek woman to start a liquor brand, I also work with Greece's first female distiller. Okay. So it's 100% made by women. Her name's Marusa Tsakaki, and she's over at Isidoro Sarvanitis, which is on the island of Lesbos. Two women, Lesbos, ha ha ha. Um, so she also makes Uzo Plomari, which is Greece's number one yeah, Uzo. And for an Uzo, it's my favorite. I, I, Although I, I like agree. I like Varvayani too, because I like... Actually, the rough I, think, stuff. I think anything that comes from Blumati is really Yeah, good. no, Lesbos literally has the best distilleries in Greece Hands and down. some of the best um, spirits, I, I think, you know, in terms of the producers there. And obviously all the good, what we call the sweet anise, it grows in, in Lesbos. So that's okay. kind of where Uzo, it's the birthplace of Uzo, you know? Uh-huh. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much. We want to uh, thank you, Effie. Effie Fenegovic, founder of Cleos. Cleos Website is? DrinkCleos.com. Instagram? At DrinkCleos. And you can go out in a bunch of places uh, in Boston, find out uh, where to buy on our website, and you can order online. Highly recommended. Excellent. 
probably might bump into this fascinating female entrepreneur at one of the tastings, hopefully. And you know, we know you're in New York, but hopefully when you're in Boston, make sure you say hello to us and her and make sure that uh, you pick up a bottle on your next visit to your local retail shop. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you.